It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Phillies today, an interesting day in the Major League Baseball offseason. The teams, well, they have to submit their 40-man roster to protect players from the Rule 5 draft. What does that mean for the Phillies and teams in general? Well, I'll break it down next for you on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked on Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Been talking Phil's baseball for years over on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio. Happy to be here with you as your host of Locked on Phillies. want to thank you, as always, for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can check us out on YouTube, the Odyssey app, all of that good stuff. Plenty of off-season content still to come. And today is a... Big day in the Major League Baseball offseason, relatively, because there's a lot of days that don't matter. But baseball is interesting in that there are all these supplemental things because of the minor leagues that you have to keep an eye on. Some that matter, some that don't really, some that depend on the team you follow, whether or not they matter. And today is the deadline, since it is November 15th, it is the deadline for Major League Baseball teams to submit their 40-man roster ahead of the early December Rule 5 draft. What does that mean? Because the Rule 5 draft is a very interesting, unique, baseball-only thing that exists. It doesn't happen in football or basketball or hockey. This is something that baseball has because of the multiple minor leagues and holding of players' rights and everything like that. And it can get a little bit complicated if you're not familiar with it. If you're the casual fan who just loves to watch the team uh, from April to, well, this past year, November, then this may be something you're unfamiliar with. But Hey, that's why you have me. So not only am I going to break down exactly uh, what goes on, and I'm going to keep it no no crazy terms. I feel like every time you hear someone explain something like the Rule 5 draft or uh, stuff like service time or things like that, that shouldn't be that complicated. It always seems like it sounds more complicated. So I'm going to try and dumb it down as easy as possible, leaving out some of the unimportant details. And then we'll also talk about how it affects the Philadelphia Phillies. So Today's the deadline for the 40-man rosters to be submitted from teams around baseball. Here's what that means. You have 40 roster spots that you can fill to go ahead and protect players from the Rule 5 draft. Now, what is the Rule 5 draft? What it means is if a player has had a certain amount of service time, and what service time is is time playing at the major league level. There's also a triple A and a double A rule five draft. Those we're not really going to get into that. It's basically the same thing as the major league one just levels down. But if you've had a certain amount of service time at the major league level, and you're not on a 40 man roster by the end of the day today, then you will be eligible to be drafted. I believe it's December 7th is when the rule five draft is this year. So let's say, for example, let's pick a random team, the Detroit Tigers. 
Let's say the Detroit Tigers have a guy that's played a couple games at the major league level. He clears his service time. He's an interesting player, and they don't put him on the 40-man roster. Well, then that player is eligible to be picked up in a draft order. So they'll have an actual draft. So it's just like the uh, amateur player draft. Then uh, you have an opportunity to pick them in, in order, and that order is already determined for the uh, the Rule 5 draft. So the Phillies could potentially pick that player in December if they want to add him to their team. Now, another thing that is a little bit tricky, you don't have to fill out a 40-man roster. You can have, right now, the Phillies have 37 players on their 40-man roster. Johan Rojas, an outfielder in their minor league system, was just added today to bring them to 37. So the Phillies protected him from the Rule 5 draft. No other organization can go get Rojas. Teams will do that with players that they think are valuable. But what's also important is on the day of the Rule 5 draft, you have to have a roster spot open on the 40-man And then that player also needs to stay with the major league team on the 25 or 26-man roster. I believe it's 25. They have to stay on the major league roster throughout the season. Or they've got to clear waivers, and then there's a weird thing where they're offered back to their former team. If you pick somebody in the Rule 5 draft, you're picking them to be a part of the major league roster, not just the 40-man. But you need to have a spot on the 40-man open to pick somebody. If you have 40 players on that come Rule 5 draft, you can't add anybody else. You don't have room. So you'll see teams go in with less than 40, and that's because, well, either they're looking at free agents or they're looking at a Rule 5 draft pick. Right now the Phillies, 37. Why is today important, though? So you're, you're saying to me, okay, so their spot's open and the draft isn't for another couple weeks uh, as far as the Rule 5 draft. Why is today important? Well, Clearing spots on the 40-man to protect players is something teams will have to do. There are teams that are going to want to protect a lot of minor league players that have really good systems. The Phillies, not one of the top minor league systems. They're getting better, but teams with top minor league systems could have a full 40-man and add a bunch of guys. And it could be a situation where you're looking at guys on the 40-man roster that don't really fit into the team's future plans anymore, and a trade could be made. When you look back to last year, Garrett Stubbs was a guy that the Philadelphia Phillies acquired on this day. Ends up being not a big part of uh, what the team was this year, but he played roles in some uh, some nice wins for the Philadelphia Phillies in the regular season and a solid backup to J.T. Romuto. Garrett Stubbs was acquired because they had to clear a spot. Uh, came from, was it Houston or New York? It was either the Astros or the Yankees that uh, Garrett Stubbs came from. I know someone's going to be in the comments like, you should know this. But uh, he was acquired on this day last year, even though there wasn't a Rule 5 draft because of the lockout. They still had this deadline, and that was something that uh, led to that, uh, that acquisition happening for the Philadelphia Phillies. So you could see teams like a big example is the Tampa Bay Rays could make a move today with like a Tyler Glass now to clear up some space on their 40-man to get something for that guy and uh, for glass now and uh, do something there. It prompts potential moves because you have to set the roster for a, a period of time until the, uh, until the rule five draft. So there could be some big things happening from the Phillies perspective. If I've just laid that out. So basically you got to protect the guy on the 40 man. If you don't, he can be drafted in the rule five draft. If he has enough service time. And if he does, he goes to another team and has to be on their major league roster. Simple enough. 
And that's why people trade because when you're setting a roster, it means you got to clear up some space for some teams. And rather than just releasing guys, then you want to trade them to get something for them if they're not going to be part of that 40 man. How does it affect the Phillies? Well, the answer is not much. The biggest thing they're probably going to do today uh, is uh, the Jan Rojas protection, adding him to the 40-man roster, bringing their 40-man roster count to 37 players. The Phillies don't have a lot of guys that need protecting that have that service time that you got to worry about. And you're also looking at a situation where they're not going to trade anybody to make space. They probably aren't going to go get anyone crazy in the Rule 5 draft. You don't have to select a player in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, a lot of years, teams don't. Then you also have some big selections. In Philadelphia Phillies' recent history, I guess the biggest one would be Shane Victorino, who is a Rule 5 draft pick that became a huge part of the 2008 championship team. So, yeah, there are guys you can look at that could potentially be added. But today... I don't see the Philadelphia Phillies doing a lot because their focus is much more on a huge free agent in Trey Turner or getting some starting pitching that's more middle of the rotation, not like a Tyler Glass now who's a top arm who may move at some point today. So I wouldn't expect anything huge from the Phillies, but that's the idea behind why you'll see a lot of activity from teams and things to keep an eye on for the Philadelphia Phillies. So we'll go ahead and talk about the Rule 5 draft probably the next time we're going to do it is coming up in early December when the draft actually happens because for a team like the Phillies, it's not something that they're not that they're not focused on, but it's not where their bread is going to be buttered for the offseason. But just wanted to catch you up on uh, exactly what was going on with the Rule 5 draft, the 40-man submissions, and hopefully uh, that wasn't all Greek to you. That was something that you could understand breaking down how the Rule 5 draft works because it is something complicated. And just a fun little uh, Rule 5 a tidbit for you that you're not going to get anywhere else, literally anywhere else. Uh, I might be the only host of any locked on show that's ever pitched to a rule five draft pick. My college catcher, Wes Robertson. Now he was in the minor league. I believe he was in the double A rule five draft was acquired from the Texas Rangers minor league system by the Cincinnati Reds in the minor league rule five draft, the double A, I believe it was either double A or triple A. I think it was double A rule five draft as a pitcher. He's now a pitcher uh, and he, he's still working his way through the minors, but he was my college catcher and he was actually acquired via rule five draft. So seeing it happen to someone I know, which is fun and unique and doesn't really mean anything to this podcast, just something that's a, uh, uh, it's a cool little uh, wrinkle in how baseball handles their offseason and the rights of their players. So that's what you have. Uh, that's the breakdown. Coming up next, we're going to jump back into the uh, the player reviews for 2022. A couple interesting ones today as we continue to roll through the outfield. And one guy that should be pretty easy to break down, another one that didn't really give you all that you were expecting. We'll discuss some player reviews coming up next as we continue Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at Bet Online. You know everything about Bet Online. BetOnline.net's your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Everything. It's all over the place, BetOnline.net. They've got everything from football to basketball to soccer and esports. 
We've got it all at betonline.net. Yes, they do. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. That's what they are. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, it's time for one of our player reviews. We did Kyle Schwarber last, and if you'll remember, I gave Kyle Schwarber an A for his performance uh, this year for the Philadelphia Phillies. So we have two A's so far on the board in our classroom. Kyle Schwarber and JT Real Muto both took home A's. To remind you of the other grades, Alec Bohm, I gave a B plus, Bryson Stott a B minus, Gene Segura a B, and Reese Hoskins a C plus, largely on the back of poor defense from Hoskins. I know he ended up with actually a pretty solid offensive season when everything was all said and done with Streaky. This is not about Reese Hoskins, though. This is about a man who doesn't have a college degree, who just hits baseballs, one Nick Castellanos. Now, Nick Castellanos, a huge offseason signing for the Philadelphia Phillies. He signed through 2026 on a five-year, $100 million deal. He got the bag. All-star right field starter for the National League last year in Cincinnati, two years ago now in Cincinnati in 2021. And in 2022, he comes to the Philadelphia Phillies. And what does he do? Well, frankly, he underperforms. Uh, His numbers this year, 263 batting average, 13 home runs, 138 hits, uh, slashing 305, sorry, slashing 263, 305, 389 with a 694 OPS. He doesn't give you plus defense. it doesn't give you plus base running. It doesn't give you plus speed. Seven stolen bases this year. 21 for his career, so actually a pretty good year stolen base-wise. 62 RBIs, which considering the 13 home runs is not a bad mark. And he's a guy that really you're looking at uh, – he's a doubles guy. He had uh, he, he had – what are we looking at for doubles? 27 this year. 38 last year with Cincinnati. He had 37 in 29 in Detroit. 36 2019 in Chicago had a really good year there uh, for the um, for the 2019 season. It, it, honestly, uh, great 2018. Or sorry, I'm I'm reading the RBIs. I'm crazy. 29. I was going to say there's no way. 2019 with Chicago uh, and Detroit, he combined for a total of uh, 58 doubles, which is not bad. Uh, 37 and 21. So he's a gaps hitter. He's not the power guy that he was last year in Cincinnati when he had 34 home runs and was an all-star. So expecting that was probably a little bit uh, overrating what Nick Castellanos is as a power bat, but he's better than 13 home runs. And his approach at the plate is just, okay, I don't want to say his approach at the plate is better, right? Because he was always a very aggressive hitter in Cincinnati and Detroit, uh, all over the place. He was an aggressive hitter. He's a guy that likes to go after pitches and go get them early. But, this year, it didn't seem like he was comfortable, and he said as much. Uh, he had the back and forth with Jim Salisbury, where he said it's a stupid question when they asked when he asked about hearing boos uh, or in the middle of the season. It, it was just not a very comfortable year for Nick Castellanos in his first year in Philadelphia. At the dish, he doesn't give you much in the playoffs. Then again, though. You're looking at a situation where he made some really good defensive plays in the playoffs. And he said that he was more locked in in the playoffs during the regular season. His mind drifts. Make of that what you will. But some big defensive plays in the playoffs. So how do you evaluate Nick Castellanos in 2022? 
there's two ways to look at it. If you count what the Phillies fan base was looking for from him as kind of overrating him based on the best year of his career in 2021, which 2021 absolutely was the best year of Nick Castellanos' career, then you can say, well, yeah, we just expected too much and we shouldn't rate him that low. But then you also look at the numbers that he normally puts up over the course of a season and he underperformed. But when he was in Detroit for the first time, rough first season when he was in Cincinnati, his first year there, rough first season. He takes a while to settle in places. There was this whole deal with people finding out where he lives at Ben Simmons' old house and not feeling comfortable with that. And it didn't seem like the city fully embraced him. And he's kind of this, I don't want to say standoffish, but he's not really this open guy that's going to show you a lot of his personality. He's more closed off and hard to, not hard to root for because you can just root for good players, but hard to get a connection with Nick Castellanos from a fan's perspective. So all of this factors in, and it's going to be tough to put a rating on what he was this year. But frankly, I find it hard to say he didn't underperform, especially his contract uh, and also just what generally his numbers are over the course of his career. I think he's the prime candidate, and a lot of people believe this, for a bounce back in 2023. Because he's just a, frankly, better baseball player than what he was this year. And I think he'll settle in. He's going to be here for a while. They're not moving Nick Castellanos. Uh, You're not going to sell low on a player that has the upside of what he did in 2021. So he's going to be here. uh, And I think he's primed for a bounce back and going to have a much better year next year. But that doesn't change the fact that he did underperform in 2022. Before I give you the grade, we'll talk about his best moment. and. Wow, the couple that come to mind really are the ones because he didn't have any big moments really at the plate. They're the big defensive plays in the field. One in the World Series in game one against the Houston Astros and another one uh, against the Atlanta Braves in game one of that series down at Truist Park. You got to go with the one in the World Series though. His sliding catch in right field in the World Series game one in Houston that preserves that game, that keeps the Phillies alive, that allows them to take game one and have a chance uh, to steal home field advantage in the World Series from the Houston Astros who had not lost the game yet, that's the seminal moment. And if you, back in June or uh, May, said that, yeah, Nick Castellanos' seminal moment was going to be a defensive play, (laughs) give me the lottery numbers because no one thought that was going to happen. But, hey, that's what it is. Overall, though, the Nick Castellanos grade for the year – Mm, I'm going to have to give him a C minus. It just wasn't a good year for Nick Castellanos. And that doesn't mean he can't bounce back for next year, but an unfortunate first year in Philadelphia for a guy that the Phillies invested a hundred million dollars in. Again, I think he bounces back, but I can only grade him on what he's done so far in red pinstripes. And this year, I think we'd all agree. It wasn't quite what we expected and wasn't at all what he would expect from himself as a good Major League Baseball player. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk about a guy who, I guess, if it's even possible, exceeded expectations. We'll discuss Bryce Harper coming up next as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. Bryce Aaron Max Harper. For my money, and I know what Aaron Judge did this year, and I know what Jordan Alvarez was for the World Series winning Houston Astros, But for my money in the playoffs this year, 
Bryce Harper was the best baseball player on planet Earth, in the solar system, in the universe. An absolutely unbelievable postseason run, one of the best we've ever seen, arguably the best in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies, and that includes some incredible postseason runs. But Bryce Harper, what he did was absolutely unbelievable in the playoffs. You may be thinking, hey, when you review his whole season, does what he did in the playoffs make up for a lack of production at points and missing a lot of time in the regular season? (laughs) Absolutely it does. Yes, this guy carried you to the World Series more than Zach Wheeler, more than Aaron Nola, more than any other position player, more than anybody. Bryce Harper was the guy that got you there. His stats for the year, 286 batting average, only 18 home runs because of so much missed time, only 106 hits, only 65 RBIs. Slash, though, 286, 364, 514 with 877 OPS. That's great numbers. It's not Bryce Harper great numbers. But what he did in the postseason, my goodness, how in the world could you talk about anybody else besides this guy when you say who led the Philadelphia Phillies in the postseason this year? It it was Bryce Harper. He was unbelievable. It just – so many huge moments. The home run against the San Diego Padres in San Diego off of you, Darvish. The home run to send the Phillies to the World Series. Uh, home runs against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, what you're doing, a home run against the St. Louis Cardinals in the Wild Card Series. Every step of the way, this guy was your guy. I get he couldn't play the field, and that's unfortunate. And it's going to suck if he can't play uh, in general. For a while because of potentially Tommy John surgery and issues with his elbow. And we're still patiently awaiting information on everything with that. But I don't know how much more I could say about Bryce Harper. You saw it with your own eyes. He's the guy. He is. And this is the thing, right? We saw him with the Washington Nationals have a couple postseason opportunities. But they lost every single time in wildcard games. He didn't have a series. He didn't have a real opportunity. Those teams weren't as good as this Phillies team was. And unfortunately for him, the year he comes to Philadelphia, the Nationals have a team that was capable of doing that. And then the narrative begins, well, is Bryce Harper a clutch performer? Is he a guy that can carry a team in October or November? Is he playoff ready? Can he rise to the occasion? Well, those questions don't exist anymore. He's incredibly clutch. He's When he's not clutch, he's still just one of the best players on the planet. I mean, I would argue, and I know what Aaron Judge did for the New York Yankees, and I also know what he did in the postseason, which wasn't quite what they'd expect. If I could pick one player right now on planet Earth to be a member of the Philadelphia Phillies, I would pick Bryce Harper. Health and all things being equal, I would pick Bryce Harper. Because when the moment was biggest this year, he was – I'm going to say he was the best player. I know Jordan Alvarez has a claim to that as well. Uh, I'm going to say that Bryce Harper, with the talent of the team around him, was the more important piece. And Jordan Alvarez obviously hit the big home run when it mattered, and he has a World Series ring for it because of it. And, yeah, I get all that. And Houston fans are going to be mad at me again for saying that Bryce Harper was was better. But Bryce Harper was better. And the guy we just talked about, Nick Castellanos, was part of the reason the Astros could neutralize Harper because they kind of worked around him a lot in the series, which is smart. I can't blame the Astros for that. That's a prudent strategy and something Rob Thompson, I think, should have changed the lineup to avoid. But Bryce Harper was incredible this season. Of course, 
the great moment for him is the home run in the final game of the NLCS against the San Diego Padres at Citizens Bank Park, the swing of his life, bedlam at the bank, uh, the home run to send the Philadelphia Phillies to the World Series, one of the greatest moments in Philadelphia Phillies history that I've ever seen. And I, I don't know how I can give him anything other than an A-plus this season. Bryce Harper, an A-plus performance, and the best player on this team, the leader of this team. I'm so happy he's a Philadelphia Philly. I can't wait for him to be back and healthy so this team can go ahead and get after it and try and repeat a run to the World Series next year. And a lot will rest on how healthy he is. But for the 2022 season, Bryce Harper, an A-plus. Man, that was a fun episode of Locked on Phillies. We covered a lot of stuff. Got a, got a lot of different places. Appreciate you being with me the whole way. Thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now make your second listen Locked on Sports today. The biggest breaking news from around sports, unfortunately, is probably the Eagles' loss and the end of their undefeated season is what they'll be talking about today. But it's available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Locked on Sports today. And thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, doing all that good stuff for Locked on Phillies, following us on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies, me on Twitter at ConnorThomas975, and being along for the offseason. We'll continue to keep you updated on everything, and I will talk to you tomorrow on the next episode of Locked on Phillies. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 